Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Do Aviation Podcast. I'm excited to start this thing. I've been thinking about doing it for quite a while. If you followed me on TikTok, you know it's been uh, well over a year that I've considered starting a podcast and we're finally here. So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for listening to the very first episode here. I just want to talk about a few things to get started. So uh, first of all, who am I? Throughout TikTok, I've been... uh, kind of mysterious, I guess you could say. I haven't really uh, given out my name. I haven't said what facility I work at or where I live or anything like that. And uh, that's in part because as of recording right now, I have over 100,000 followers on TikTok, which is freaking insane, I might add. But uh, there are over 100,000 people following me. And if I gave out my facility, uh, I just feel a little uncomfortable with 100,000 strangers knowing exactly where I work and live. So for that reason, I don't like to give out my facility, but I do want to tell you guys a little bit about myself. So uh, let's just jump in. I have always enjoyed aviation. I've always really been drawn to it and liked it ever since I was a kid. I'm from Ohio and my parents would take me to uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton. I've been there. Uh, I've been down to, I believe it's the Naval Museum down in uh, Pensacola, Florida. I'll have to double check. I forget exactly what the name of that museum is down there in Pensacola, but I've been down there. I've been to a number of air shows uh, as a kid. I just always loved them. At one air show, a B-2 bomber flew over, which was really, really cool to see in person. It was so quiet, unbelievably quiet. But anyways, so I just always enjoyed aviation as a kid. I always found it cool. Whenever I heard a plane fly overhead, I always looked up to see what it was. That's just kind of my background as a kid. So I thought about becoming a pilot for the longest time. And when I was in high school, you know, junior, senior year, getting ready to go to college, kind of looking at options, what I want to do for the rest of my life, I kind of looked at becoming a pilot. And while I was doing some research into it, I stumbled upon air traffic control and I decided to look into it. What exactly is this? So I looked into air traffic control and I really was enticed by what I found. The pay was really good. The benefits were solid. It was a union gig. It involved a lot of problem solving. And from what I was reading online, what different people were saying was that it was, every day was different. Uh, The the rules and the regulations stay the same day to day. Of course, they do change, but for the most part, you know, they, they stay the same. But the situations that you encounter every day are different different weather coming in, different uh, construction projects happening at the airport, if there's some sort of VIP movement, a TFR, or uh, skydiving operations, or seaplane operations, or this or that. There's so many different things that could be happening, different scenarios, different planes coming at you at different times, at different speeds and angles, and you just have to figure everything out. It really drew me in, and I thought it was really interesting. So I decided to attend Kent State University because they had a degree in aeronautics with a concentration in air traffic control, and they were a collegiate training initiative, collegiate training initiative certified university, meaning that the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, said that this school, Kent State University, could teach air traffic control, and because of that, they were more or less a pipeline towards becoming a controller. Now, this program, the CTI program it was called, uh, has since been more or less discontinued, but that was a main reason I decided to go to Kent State University and study air traffic control. I believe at the time when I was going to Kent State, there were only about 30 universities in the country that were both CTI 
certified and an Abbey school, which is the Aviation Accreditation Board International or something like that. I forget exactly, but uh, it was Abbey certified as well as CTI certified. And uh, being from Ohio, Kent State had the in-state tuition on like Purdue or uh, some other schools I was looking at. So I decided uh, to stick with that in-school tuition, in-state tuition, keep it nice and cheap. So that's what I, that's why I went to Kent State University. And it was a great decision. I really enjoyed my time there. Got really involved on campus. Uh, I, I really enjoyed going there. While I was at Kent State, they changed the requirement that you no longer had to have a college degree to become a controller. That used to be a requirement before. You either had to have been a controller in the military and made the transfer over to the civilian side, or you had to have a college uh, degree from one of these CTI schools to become a controller. That was the rule when I first went to college. It changed while I was in college, and I've made several TikTok videos about that saying that a college degree is no longer required to become an air traffic controller. For some reason, people still fight me on it. I've made multiple videos explaining it. It is not a requirement. It is one of the ways that you can become a controller. It is one of the ways. There are multiple different pathways you can take to be eligible to apply. And having a college degree is one of the ways, but it is not the only way. They have changed the requirements now. But anyways, they changed that while I was at school, that you no longer needed a college degree. I decided for my own sake, nobody in my family had ever graduated college before. So I decided to just go ahead and stick it out. So I went ahead and finished four years, got my degree, and uh, it was great. After I graduated, I had to find a job. And the thing is, becoming an air traffic controller isn't like applying to any regular job. You have to wait until a hiring bid opens. Lucky for me, a hiring bid actually opened in the summer leading into my senior year at Kent State. So I actually was able to apply while I was still in school. And you'll notice because I was still in school, I did not yet have my college degree. So I technically applied as a quote off the street hire. I did not have a college degree when I applied. And to this day, I forever will be an off the street hire because I applied without having a college degree, even though I did earn it just a, a year later when I graduated. So I applied during that bid and I was waiting to hear back from the FAA and it took quite a while in my case. It took from the time I applied to the time I went to the academy in Oklahoma City, which I'll get to in a minute, it took about two years, almost exactly two years between those times. So in those two years, I finished my degree. And then after I graduated, I, at this time, I didn't know it was going to take two years. I had no idea when the FAA was going to get back to me. So I graduated and I wanted to get a job. And it took me a little while to find a job because I wanted to do something in my career field. I didn't want to, you know, work at Marshall's or McDonald's or something. I wanted to actually work in the aviation field. So it took me a couple of months to find something, but luckily I did. And I started working for a part 135 on-demand private jet charter company. And it was a fantastic job. I did not actually do dispatch responsibilities. It was kind of a unique position because it was a little bit of everything. I did not have a dispatch license. I was not technically doing dispatch operations. But I kind of was, and I also was doing sales for the company. So people would call in uh, requesting a private jet. I would work up a quote form. I would send it out. Uh, I would talk with the owners of the airplanes that uh, we used on our fleet, coordinate things with them, figure out their schedules, and uh, just coordinate kind of 
everything involving the planes. That was kind of my main, I guess you could say that was my job title. I was a coordinator. I figured everything out with the fleet and made it all work between the caterers, the trips, the passengers, the pilots, which pilot would be on which plane going where, figuring out all that, the logistics of a lot of that stuff. And on top of that, I did some of the sales stuff. And uh, it was a really neat, really neat job. I really enjoyed doing it, learned a lot about the aviation industry. After I had been at that company for, uh, I want to say it was about eight months, maybe 10 months, I finally heard back from the FAA, and they said that they wanted me to come out to the academy in Oklahoma City, that I was going into the next step of becoming an air traffic controller. So I went to Oklahoma, and the academy is where every air traffic controller in the country will go for training before they actually report to their first facility. There are some circumstances, I think, where they don't go to the academy. For example, if they were a military hire, for the most part, you will go to the academy if you're a controller. And uh, it's anywhere between two to four months long, kind of depending on whether or not you're given the terminal option or the end route option. And uh, if you decide to take the basics course or you don't take the basics course, which for the record, I highly recommend taking the basics course to anybody listening who may go to Oklahoma City. Anyways, uh, I personally was there for about three months and the academy is tough. It is tough. They make it so about 50% of people fail. So you got to be pretty good to get through. Luckily, I did well enough. I got through and I reported to my first facility, which was on the West Coast. Being from Ohio, I never really thought I would go all the way to the West Coast, but sure enough, I did. I was out there for about two years and then uh, I was able to transfer to a uh, bigger facility closer to home and I currently am there now training, uh, working on being certified. I certified at my last place. I should have mentioned that. I was out there for two years. I certified in uh, a little less than a year. And uh, I was certified for a full year before transferring to my new facility. And I'm just working on training now. I'm uh, certified on ground and I'm working on getting through local control. Uh, but that's just a little background about uh, who I am, kind of why I got involved in aviation, why I got involved in, uh, why I decided to become an air traffic controller and my background there. So the next thing I want to talk about is uh, why is this called Do Aviation? I got that question from time to time. If you're an OG follower of mine on TikTok, you may remember that I was originally, my original username was Do ATC, and I made the change to Do Aviation a, a few months into having my TikTok account. But uh, the OGs remember. Anyways, why Do Aviation? Well, there's a double meaning to it. Uh, the first is that those letters... D-O, Delta Oscar, are my operating initials. Every controller in the country has two-letter operating initials that they use whenever they are doing any sort of uh, inter-intra-facility coordination over a recorded line. It's just used to identify ourselves instead of giving our full name or whatever. Uh, you, know, you just say D-O at the end of the conversation to basically just have on the tapes a recording that you are the one who coordinated whatever was recorded. So DO are my operating initials. So do aviation, I kind of think of it as like my brand of aviation content, uh, education, humor, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so it's, it's kind of mine. It's DO aviation. It's mine. But also there's the second meaning, which is a little more obvious. And it's like a call to action, like do aviation, get involved in it, be a part of it. And that's a big reason that I really started the TikTok account. And a bigger reason that I'm starting this podcast is I want to encourage people to get involved in the community. 
Aviation is such a unique and really interesting career field. So many of the jobs are, you know, not everything's about money, but a lot of the jobs pay very well. Senior pilots and air traffic controllers make well into six figures. Uh, so it's a fantastic pay incentive, money incentive to get involved. But the benefits are usually fantastic. It's so cool just in general. Like it's really cool being around airplanes. Uh, it, it, I don't know how to describe it any other way than that. But it's it's just a unique, dynamic, interesting community. And I want to encourage more people to get involved. Obviously, uh, if you haven't been living under a rock, you know that there's a bit of a pilot shortage. Uh, it's pretty pretty uh intense in america the pilot shortage but i believe it's really strong over in asia but really all over the world they're hurting for more pilots so if i could get some people involved in wanting to become a pilot that'd be fantastic if i could get some people to become air traffic controllers that would be fantastic we need more controllers too we're understaffed nationally that would be really cool if i could inspire more people to become controllers i know that I'm not sure exactly how many, but at least several thousand, I think, people applied to the last hiring bid to become an air traffic controller a couple months back just because of the videos I made on TikTok. I made one that went super viral. I forget how many views it had. Uh, it was over 5 million talking about the, the pay, basically, for being an air traffic controller. Uh, and then I made multiple videos after that when a hiring bid opened, encouraging people to apply, telling them how to apply, showing them what bid to do, uh, what they needed to submit to apply and all that stuff. Uh, so I, I'm fairly certain in saying several thousand people applied to the bid due to some of the work I did, which is fantastic. I think it would be so cool one day to actually meet someone who's a controller or work with them. And uh, they say that, oh, they, they know what I've done and they applied because of the content I made and encouraging them to do it. I think that would be fantastic. That's uh, a little bit about why the account was called Do Aviation. And I really created the TikTok account when quarantine first hit. I believe, I forget if I made the account technically in March or April of 2020, but I was just so bored during the quarantine. At my facility, when the pandemic first hit, we changed basically how we did things. We wanted as few people in the building as possible. So my facility took on a five-day-on, 10-day-off schedule. So each of the controllers would go in and work for five days, and then take 10 days off. So obviously, to make that work, we had three rotations. We had three teams, and uh, one team would go in, work for five days, and then leave. And then the next day, the next five people, or the next team would work five days, leave. And then the third team would come in, work five days, and leave. So five days on, 10 days off. And it was during those 10 days off when you couldn't go anywhere, you couldn't do anything, you just had to stay at home and do nothing that I was so bored, decided to create a TikTok account. And then that account just uh, blew up. And it's been awesome. It's been so cool talking to people on the account. I do live streams every once in a while. Uh, there were a number of people that uh, I've come to know who have talked to me about their uh, journey to becoming a pilot. So many people have asked me about how to become an air traffic controller, which is so cool. I get so many DMs on the TikTok account and on the Instagram account, uh, both of them at Do Aviation if you don't follow. Uh, so many people with so many questions, so many people are really interested in how it all works. How, how does air traffic control work? How does aviation as a whole work? How do planes fly? Like Some of the questions are very basic like that, and some of them are from other people who work in the career field. And they're much more specific questions that sometimes I don't have the answer to, uh, which is really interesting to me to look it up and be like, oh, how, how does that work? It's a learning process for me, as well as me trying to get the word out and teach other people about how the whole system works, how we have 
the busiest, most complex, and yet the safest aviation system here in the United States uh, better than anywhere else in the world. It really is incredible. So I just love talking about that. So that is just an introduction to the podcast. A little bit about me, a little bit about why I created this account, what the goal is. I have already recorded the next episode for this podcast, which I found it incredible. It was the story I stumbled upon. Uh, it's called The Man Who Rode the Thunder. It's about a man who was flying in a fighter jet way back in, I think it was 1959. And anyways, he had to eject after engine failure. He was at like 47,000 feet when he initially ejected. And he ejected and he happened to have a cumulonimbus cloud and a thunderstorm below him when he ejected. And so he fell through a cumulonimbus cloud and through the updrafts and the downdrafts, he spent 40 minutes inside this storm cell and it is an incredible story to hear all the details you'll have to tune into the next podcast it is incredible what this man went through i've never heard a story like it it's so cool so definitely check out that next episode uh subscribe to this account so that way you can hear it whether it's on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to this make sure to follow or subscribe one thing that really helps out the show is to give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. I forget which one it is. I usually use Spotify for my podcast, uh, but I believe it's uh, Apple Music. I forget. But uh, <laughs> if you're on an app where you can rate it, if you could give it five stars, that would be super appreciated. And share it with a friend. If you know somebody else who loves aviation or who's interested in it, share the show with them. I'm sure that they could get some sort of value out of it. Uh, and I would love to get the message out and just teach as many people as possible about the aviation community, air traffic control, how to become a pilot or an aircraft dispatcher, uh, and just tell crazy stories like the man who rode the thunder and these other things. There's another one I really want to do about uh, America's newest deaf pilot. She's legally deaf and she is absolutely incredible. She has degrees from MIT and Harvard and Penn and she's uh, just an incredible person. And she did it all while being deaf, and she earned a pilot's license while being deaf, uh, which is absolutely incredible. So if you want to hear more stories like these, follow the podcast, subscribe, whatever it's called on whatever app you're listening to, and uh, give us a good rating. I say us. It's just me. It's a one-man show over here. <laughs> give it a good rating. I'd sincerely appreciate it. And of course, if you don't follow me on TikTok, it's at do aviation at D-O aviation and on Instagram as well, do aviation. And uh, I just appreciate all your guys' support. Like I said uh, earlier, it's absolutely insane that I have 100,000 followers on TikTok. Never would I have imagined. I remember when I hit 10,000, I was like, oh shit, I made it. <laughs> just give it a few months and it, it hit a hundred thousand which is unbelievable but uh I, I sincerely appreciate all the support thank you guys so much and make sure you subscribe so you can check out the next episode have a good one the views and opinions expressed on the do aviation podcast are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the department of transportation the federal aviation administration the national air traffic and tours association or any other entity outside of the individuals on the show unless otherwise stated the do aviation podcast is in no way associated with or done in collaboration with the dot faa or naca this program is not official guidance and does not replace the teachings of a certified trainer or instructor any and all episodes are the property of the uploader and shall not be recorded or transcribed without express written permission this program was recorded on personal time with personal property and no government resources are 
used in the show. Any recordings used are from third-party sources. The intent of the Do Aviation podcast is to advocate for aviation safety, discuss aviation, and promote aviation as a whole, but makes no guarantees to the accuracy of anything said on the show or any legal obligations. Federal aviation regulations should be followed at all times, and listeners are encouraged to use good judgment and practice safety in all situations. Your local Flight Standards District office or a certified flight instructor should be referred to for any questions regarding aviation laws, rules, or regulations.